All right, uh, welcome back dear listeners to another riveting episode of our uh, extra AI podcast series, The Haven where technology, innovation and real world applications meet. And this is your host Raghu Banda. And today I'm excited to have a distinguished guest with us, Pedro, the CEO and co-founder of finally.ai. Yes, finally finding like something or finding some exciting uh, information. We are about to embark on a very compelling journey today, exploring the fascinating realm where AI, more specifically ChatGPT, where it is not just a technological marvel, but a formidable ally driving business data, decisions, and breaking down all these technical barriers. So to put it in short, in a world where data is now the new gold, ChatGPT emerges as the alchemist transforming raw, often inscrutable data into insightful and actionable intelligence. So in this context, Pedro is here to unravel the mystique, showcasing how finally.ai is harnessing the power of ChatGPT to empower businesses to not just stay afloat, but also thrive and innovate in an ever evolving digital landscape. So without much uh, further ado, let's dive in, explore and get inspired. Pedro, welcome to Extra AI. We are absolutely thrilled to have you. And as always, uh, I will share much more information at the end of the podcast. So sit back, relax and enjoy the podcast conversation with Mr. Pedro. All right, uh, welcome back uh, to Extra AI, our podcast series on AI and machine learning applications. And today I'm coming up with a topic about uh, ChatGPT for your business metrics. Sounds interesting. And I have a very interesting uh, guest, uh, the co-founder uh, of uh, Finally. So here you go. Uh, welcome on board, Pedro. Can you say a few oh, words? Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, like, thank you very much, like, for having me uh, in your podcast. Um, yes, I mean, like, uh, excited, you know, like, uh, to talk a bit about uh, a bit of our journey, my journey, you know, like, in AI. I think we are, like, living very exciting times, you know, like, uh, with a lot of transformations um, and new things happening, like, every week, you know, there's a new release, like, uh, you know, like, uh, and it's uh, it's a field that there are like a lot of opportunities not only for startups but, but and for big tech companies for like uh, open source you know like so it's a is a is a is a really good time no no sure to just get started I think uh, how are you kind of connected to AI or specifically what is your journey around AI engine AI? A brief example, maybe a personal or a professional example about yeah. what influenced what influence AI does have you. Uh, this is a teaser question so that our audience can get get started on no. this. Yeah, perfect. Yes, my, my background is, uh, I mean, academic was, I was mathematics, computer engineering. I did study uh, deep learning, you know, the before, like the discriminative uh, and classification regression problems, you know, like uh, in the past, uh, in 2014, 2015. So it's 
it's been like uh, many years ago, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, uh, I mean, like, uh, I feel like a generative AI, um, I mean, it was something that was around, you know, like, uh, like it has been around for a long time, you know, like, I think my interest got uh, many years ago, like, at the same time, like, I was uh, studying, like, deep learning techniques in general, you know, with language models, if also image generation. But I feel like only in the past year or so, you know, like uh, it reached the point that uh, it's it's actually like, uh, I mean, like even though I, there was like a lot of advance in the past, mm-hmm. uh, only now in the past year that uh, or past two years that we have seen like uh, this, like, oh, now this can have like a real impact uh, in society, right? Uh, Mm-hmm. I mean, there are like a bunch of examples. We you can go over a bit of them, like no, but uh, like from, you know, uh, not only language generation but image generation, right? Like with companies like Midjourney, even OpenAI, um, like doing like an amazing work on it. Um, we have seen also like the in the biology, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, like like protein, like three D structure generation. From from like the work from DeepMind, I think it today or yesterday was like the was the point that they they released their open uh, data sets. Uh, to, like it's been like two years already, you know. So uh, yeah, time is like it feels like yesterday, but yeah, it's been like two years already. Um, but yes, like I think uh, I mean like we got uh, I mean like now finally like uh, uh, you know like if uh, we use a lot of generative AI, you know, like for, I can go into the details later, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, I think that's, uh, that's that, yeah, that's a bit of my background, you know, like in ML, like, uh, like uh, how I worked at Google at Twitter, like I think six and a half years total, you know, like uh, there I was always like using even like generative AI for like content generation. That was mm-hmm. more like, uh, in the you know like for content generation for for example publishers you know uh, right. people who have a website and you you want to monetize like uh, with advertisement you know like selling space on your website to show mm-hmm. ads mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like uh, we have like at Google a thing called like uh, a type of like fake advertising that's like called matched content mm-hmm. and then like used we also use to get like uh, uh, use like, uh, you know, like understanding the content of the website to, with that, you gen- you generate like personalized content to the user, you okay. know, so to drive like, uh, like greater engagement. So yes, I, I have like played a bit, uh, not only with Gen AI, but with classic uh, like ML techniques, both in academic environment, but also in, in the, yeah in big companies like Google and Twitter. Great, great. I think uh, it's great to know that you are coming from this, not only the Gen AI, but the classic AI background and your experience with Google and the search and Gen AI techniques. I think our conversation is going to be interesting. I know Mm -hmm. would definitely dive into some of those details. And like you said, a lot has been happening in the last one, one and a half years, which has spiked up this newfound interest in Gen AI around the globe. And so let's, uh, maybe let's take a quick break, come back and get into the main meat of our conversation. Yeah. Okay. 
All right, so welcome back. Um, so now that we have briefly onboarded um, Mr. Pedro onto our uh, podcast, so now let's start with our regular uh, introductory questions uh, before we get into the topic. Uh, I know there is a lot happening there, out there with AI and Gen AI and a lot of spiked up interest, like I've mentioned briefly. How do you see... Uh, AI in generally transforming enterprises and consumer businesses. Any quick take on that before we get into the current innovations? Yes, yes, for sure. Like, uh, I mean, that's a bit, uh, you know, like uh, what we try to solve at finally, and you see the, you know, the where like uh, like those models, like uh, you know, like the name is like generative AI, so it. Uh, uh, so yes, they are models that uh, as they they get bigger, you know, like the techniques evolve, they will be able to really, really become more and more creative. Mm -hmm. But I feel like the current the the opportunity that's very clear, like even for companies, you know, and uh, is like to automate like repetitive processes mm -hmm. in general, you know. So and like uh, also enabling. Uh, for example, in our case of Findly, you know, like that uh, we allow people to talk to their business metrics. Uh, like we we allow people that do not have, uh, for example, a technical background, doesn't know how to code or doesn't know SQL mm -hmm. to talk in English. So there's, I feel like the, you know, Gen AI for like, for, you know, enterprise and like, you know, in consumer business in general, they allow people to do things they uh, they could not do before, like they mm -hmm. democratize access to access to data, you know, uh, so everyone in the company can take like uh, make more data driven decisions in general. Mm -hmm. And but beyond that, um, I feel like any process or any task that's very uh, I would say repetitive, and nowadays. Uh, you know, like uh, you'd have like to go over that. For example, one thing you see a lot of people when they use Findly is like they ask one question about their data. Oh, what was revenue last month? No. Mm -hmm. And they're like, wait, uh, from what I remember, like I think it, uh, the revenue is a bit bigger than the month before. Oh, can you compare with the revenue month before? Perfect. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, it increased like in, I can see clearly like in fifty percent. Oh, can you break? Uh, can you give me the revenue broken down by per country? And mm -hmm. then you see like wait, um, I don't know like uh, Germany is the country that's driving a lot of uh, extra revenue. And then people ask like a follow up question. Oh, like can you break down the the revenue per product? in Germany, you know, like for like last month. And then like to see, oh, this product here is like driving a lot of revenue in Germany. Oh, mm -hmm. that's nice. Like, oh, that's a really nice finding. Oh, can you generate a report automatically? Mm -hmm. No, because usually when you have, uh, you found something, you want to show to other people, you know, like and share with the, the other people, like the, the finds you had. So you can like using finally, you can quickly, you know, um, generate a summary and send to your friend, your colleague, your boss, you know, your manager, whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think that, and yes, like uh, I think that uh, Gen AI first, before, like even before, uh, 
like being you know like this superhuman model like mm -hmm. models model like no I, i'm using a, a singular here but it can be like uh, multiple models uh it's going to, it's it's already like going to allow uh humans like to to speed up or like uh need to do less you no know, those very repetitive tasks mm -hmm. so let's un let, let's take one step back i know we have uh, uh, uh you've already mentioned about how what finally is doing and it's a very interesting name coming from google i know google search uh, mm -hmm. i know that's kind of when you say finally i think you're saying that you're trying to find something out there yeah. uh, so and i also see a very interesting quote about finally right like you say chat gpt for your business data could you elaborate a bit more on that i know you are explaining a bit about how finally works but could you take a step back and uh, explain very at a high level what finally does and how it is staying relevant or helping in this current ai transformation using these current ai innovations that are interested interesting for the customers out there yes so i, I think it, yeah the main thing is like uh, i mean you have data in your company right uh, mm -hmm. um but what you actually want to know like when you think about uh, a business uh usually want to know like the metrics what are like uh, you know like what is my revenue you know like what is uh, i don't know if you're like uh, if you're like an e-commerce uh, business, you want to know the amount of refunds that it's happening, you know, like the, oh, you want to know the, how much of uh, the customer acquisition cost, you know, like, uh, like how much you're spending in advertisement to acquire that customer. So uh, at the end of the day, like business, mm -hmm. like uh, what, like you check if the business is going well, if some like, uh, initiatives are doing well is like based on the metrics of that business right so um and until now like the i mean like like again like one step back like uh, the traditional way that people track those metrics about the business is in platforms like looker or you know like uh, that you, you have a dashboard you have a, your data analyst data scientist uh, um going there and creating dashboards to track specific metrics specific breaking downs and but then um one thing that happens very often and used to happen to me like while i work at google was mm -hmm. like like someone would come like one day and hey pedro can i have like the revenue like or like a, some random metric like per country could it give me that data and mm -hmm. it's like Oh, first, like, what is this metric this person is asking about? You know, like, uh, is like, what is the exact definition? Because, mm -hmm. like, the if you talk about, uh, even if you talk about a metric, like, it might maybe mean or, or different things for different people. You know, there is like okay. uh, some level of ambiguity, not for everything, but uh, you know, like, for like uh, for a lot of things, there's a level of ambiguity or like not even ambiguity, maybe like a, a different understanding, you know, like what, the, so, uh, yeah, so, uh, so nowadays the, those things are tracked, you know, like with dashboards, but it's very like static, very, 
uh, everything you ask for a metric, like you ask for some numbers of graph, a graph, like, and it takes one day, two days, three days, whatever for like uh, to come up with that answer. So that's a bit where in our case, generative AI helps. Mm-hmm. Is that uh, you don't need the you know the traditional way uh, of like and that's like a, I mean like at the end of the day for example um, my teams at, at Google and even Twitter like we are we had a lot of like projects OKRs you know like and all of those like kind of requests all the time like for very specific things you know uh, they used to distract us for the main OKRs like of our team. So, I mean, like going back, you know, like ChatGPT in this case here is like this is actually like any language model, you know, like, uh, but it's this, uh, we are like making reference to the fact that people can come and then like in a conversational way, mm-hmm. uh, get insights, you know, get uh, the data, get, understand the metrics over their business so they they you know okay they can track and share with anyone uh inside of their company mm-hmm. so that is a beautiful way of uh, pulling the information out right like what you're mentioning is that in a simple conversational way you can pull out the information and present it rather than the dashboarding approach where things are very constant or very static so here you are trying to build you you are trying to build a language model or your language model is trying to pull the information out and provide the metrics or the revenue data or whether it is all these kind of different commerce data coming out of it and providing the information so the end user would not need to be uh, would not need to know or learn any SQL queries or anything like that, but it's mere <clears throat> language. Uh, so on the front end side, you have handled or solved that problem. But on the back end side, now let us go a bit more on that. So how do you handle that? So you still do some kind of manipulation in the back and then convert these queries, right? Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's a that's a good question. No, like uh, I mean, like the one of the things that uh, I mean that's a problem that definitely was let's say to I mean like I feel I feel it's important like before that even separate um, what are problems that are you know can be solved like in an academic way versus problems that can be solved like in a actually become a product. Mm-hmm. Usually to become a product, uh, let's say if you release a paper, oh, this works 92% of the times that um, it's, oh, it does a state of art, like whatever, you know, but you, to, to reach up a, a level of like a, an actual product, you need to really have something that really, really works like almost 100% of the time. No, so that's, a, I mean, that's a, just like a, this distinction between like a more of academic more academic problem versus like uh, problems that we actually reach the level uh to put something in production so exactly so specifically the the problem of like text to to like uh, no natural language to query databases was a problem that was a bit far in the like say maybe two and a half years ago mm-hmm. like i think 
yeah, like past two years, it improved a lot techniques, the language models that they are able to transform um, text to SQL mm -hmm. is like are also got much more powerful. So that's uh, the moment that, that uh, so a bit more of the technical side, we have a, um, a semantic layer, like mm -hmm. uh, that's the semantic layer on top of the, the user's database. Mm -hmm. And then our language models actually talk to that semantic layer. What is that semantic layer? The semantic layer is this unified place that people have like uh, on top of like a data warehouse, you know, there are like other databases like Postgres, MySQL. Mm -hmm. And then um, you define there the metrics, you know, and the dimensions of your table. So mm -hmm. like uh, you have this unified, like this shared unified plus shared place where uh, all the definitions across a company, mm -hmm. uh, across the company are, are like, uh, are put, you know, like, uh, so they are there. So that's, it's a bit like the problem of like, uh, this ambiguation I was telling you, like, uh, so, cause th there is one thing you, you talk, you know, natural language at the end is a bit of a, I mean, like, like is a bit of a lose, like in the sense of like one thing came in, one phrase can mean many things, right. but when you, you put that, you define that in the semantic layer, you say exactly like, oh, revenue means like uh, some of this column here in the database, you know? Okay. So that's the, a bit of like, and it is important to have that. Like, uh, I mean, companies are adopting, adopting more and more semantic layers, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, DBT, I don't know if so, like they acquire metric flow. There are other companies at Google, uh, one of my projects there was like to actually migrate a lot of our infrastructure to have this layer on top, the, the semantic layer, this layer on top of all of our database across many different teams. Mm -hmm. So we had like this sharing, like this share, shared understanding, like mm -hmm. what different metrics uh, across like even a, a different advertisement like ads teams at Google, what they, they meant, you know, uh, mm -hmm. because so... I mean, like uh, at the end of the day, we are tackling uh, two problems. We have the semantic layer and then like uh, that. So we are like making, helping the companies to, to have a culture that uh, this, uh, like this problem of like ambiguous squares doesn't happen anymore, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but also like, uh, and then like you have this, those language models and the language models like understand this semantic layer where the metrics are defined, you know? Mm -hmm. um are like the dimensions are defined and then um and then from that we automatically generate the sql you know so um so yeah so the work of the the language models mm -hmm. are like uh to understand like uh, this semantic layer and for that like uh, we have like a, a lot of other techniques too you know beautiful so you're mm -hmm. still using the sql uh queries but that is what you're generating below the semantic layer you're not into the vector databases and the other approach but you're using it in this way do you want to talk a bit about that or is is that yes uh, yes yes you like it so um so basically if you think about uh so uh when you talk to a semantic layer what mm -hmm. you need to know is like well what are the dimensions for example what are the breakdowns of uh of the data i want oh i want to break down like per country, I want to break down per product, you know? And like at the same time, like what are the metrics I want to to 
to calculate. For example, I want like the refund rate. I want uh -huh. the, you know, so th this is the, the kind of formation. Once you pass the this information to the semantic layer, the semantic layer is the query engine too. Like mm -hmm. it's not only this place to define the, the matrix, mm -hmm. uh, but it automatically, uh, I mean, like it has like a lot of like in this engine, it has a lot of algorithms and it automatically in a deterministic way generates the SQL, you know, but before that mm -hmm. we need to like, know like, Oh, but uh, we need to know like, Oh, what, what are the metrics? What are the dimensions? What, you know, you have this question in English, mm -hmm. what are the metrics this question is referring to? Like, what are the dimensions, this, uh, the, the breakdowns, this, uh, and for that, like, of course, like, uh, I don't know, like uh, you have a company, like even medium-sized companies, they have hundreds of databases, mm -hmm. you know, like with hundreds of dimensions on each database, mm -hmm. you know. And, uh, you know, like to, that's a bit like back to the problem I started talking at the beginning, you know, like uh, because the production like is a, is a product, you know, like uh, it's something that users are the ones that uh, are going to interface with that. Like the, the whole system needs to be very, very fast. It doesn't matter like, oh, yeah, the system is really good, but it takes, I don't know, two minutes to answer a query. You know, that's like uh, humans like, oh, no, I'm not going to use that. You know, like, they, they, you know, like the attention span, mm -hmm. like is very, is not that big, like so for you to <laughs> wait like for two minutes until. Um, so it's important that's we come a bit to, you know, like the, like uh, to vector database, you know? So if you want to know like, oh, given a question, what are the metrics that are related to this question, you know? Mm -hmm. So we, I mean, there's a bit of our, our secret sauce here, like how to do that, uh, you know, like perfectly well. Mm. Um, but yes, the idea is that, oh, it's like then you, you can uh, you generate some metadata and you can quickly uh, search on a vector database. So instead of like, uh, you know, going like, uh, I don't know, like enough, if you are going in a traditional way in a for loop, I don't know, like in a linear way, check all the metrics that, and do like, uh, I don't know, a language model, like call to a language model for each one of the metrics would be super slow because you have mm -hmm. hundreds of metrics, no? Mm -hmm. uh, but the, yeah, if you use like a vector database where, where like the query speed can be really fast, Okay. You can, uh, you, yeah, you can get like a millisecond speed for each one of the the, the queries, no? Beautiful. So I think uh, that the speed of execution and speed of bringing out the results, that is where your secret sauce lies. Um, yeah. So now when a customer, I think you work... Are you mainly focused with the enterprise business customers or also consumer business customers? Uh, uh, any any thoughts around that? And um, I would also like to ask how, if it is an enterprise customer versus consumer customer, uh, what are the minimum things that they have to do to implement or to use mm -hmm. finally? Meaning how do they get on board? How do they do it? Is there somebody, uh, how easy it is to implement finally? 
Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, so we don't have enterprise customers at the moment. Uh, mm -hmm. We have been focusing for now at least more on like the SMBs, you know, mm -hmm. um, like, uh, yes, uh, for like uh, for SMBs, like uh, it's, it's like we already have like the, our SaaS, you know, like already in the cloud, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the setup. It depends on again, like on the amount of metrics. Uh, one thing we notice is that most business uh, they don't have that many metrics. Actually, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. like uh, I mean, like how many? If you have a business, how many metrics do you actually really care? You know, like in your business, there are not that many. You know, like uh, there is a, a maximum mental space like uh, you have of things you really want to track. Mm -hmm. At least, like in in, in a team. In, inside of a business, uh, the, that number is not that big, you know. Uh, so yeah, so the, the the setup is like really quick, you know. Like uh, you you go and basically you set up like the views, like uh, basically is the we have like a user interface, and you go and set up like the the tables basically, and you have in you know you want to onboard them finally. And the dimensions and metrics like uh, you want uh, for that, like our our guide, the interface like uh, makes that uh, uh, really fast. You know, like usually for most uh, small business, at least it takes one hour. You know, like uh, mm -hmm. and and after that uh, you can um, just use it uh, for enterprise. Uh, even though we haven't got that yet, um, the main thing is that they need like uh, on-premise deployment. You know, mm -hmm. we still the you still use a, f uh, a bit like of uh, OpenAI, you know, like uh, you know API-based uh, language models. Mm -hmm. But slowly we are like fully like uh, migrating everything to open-source models. So mm -hmm. that's once you like probably like in the next few months you'll be like fully uh, open source and like it means like uh, on our case that uh, we don't need to do any external calls, you know, and that with that we can deploy um, on like uh, on premise like directly on the customer's cloud, you know. Mm -hmm. So okay. that's the main difference. Like for enterprise, uh, like they want. Like we have talked to a few of them, like uh, and um, but yeah, they want like of course to deploy that on premise because privacy is a concern for them, mm -hmm. you know. So they don't want uh, their data going to OpenAI or no going to service service that uh, are outside of us. So that's that's a bit of the work you need to do to to fully support enterprise like uh, customers. Is that uh, we you know like we move fully our architecture to the open source uh, um, models mm -hmm. so the way i think you have uh, explained uh, between the enterprise and the others smbs is that with the smbs i think it's more like the SaaS approach that you handle it and they within a couple mm -hmm. of hours maximum within an hour or so they implement mm -hmm. it and then they can uh, customize the application uh, for their business needs. Whereas if when it is coming to the enterprise customers, it's more like, uh, hey, if you could use it like an on-premise scenario where you could implement on their cloud, on their internal cloud, uh, and then uh, so that they can don't need to worry about this privacy of the data and the other things. Beautiful. 
So uh, getting, maybe I think, uh, yeah, that, that is amazing. Could you explain a particular scenario or an example on how finally is uh, helping? I know when we go into your uh, website and we understand that you have integrations with customers like Slack and other customers. Do you want to take up, you don't need to talk about the customer names, but can you explain a particular example and how finally is helping them uh, speed up their uh, uh, end results or helping them speed up their productivity gains? Yes, yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Like uh, we, I mean, that's why we created, as I said, the our Slack bot to have. So we have a dashboard, have a, a bot on Slack. There are like different ways uh, people have been using us. Like one is like really for quick questions, you know. Um, hey, what was uh, you know like as I said, refund rate for this product last week? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So it's like that. So that's one like for a quick, uh, the other one is, um, so that's in this sense, like Slack is a good interface because mm -hmm. they are ready on Slack, you know, they go to a specific channel that has finally uh, set, like the, the final bot is there. So they just ask and like get and tag someone in their team, mm -hmm. you know, like, oh, look at this, you know, like that's the, you see, like uh, that was my assumption, you know. And so they they prove a point, you know. Like you usually want to you want to get some insight or some data in order to take some action, you know. Uh, people also use finally for like that's more on the dashboard, like mm -hmm. for as I explained a bit before, like it's to it's almost like a deep dive in the in your data, you know. You you have an assumption. And you see like, oh, you ask and then like you see something interesting. Then you by yourself, you, you start asking follow up questions. Oh, what was the revenue per country? Oh, what was the revenue per country for this country per product? Oh, what? No. So you, you, you go like digging more and more slicing the data and uh, to understand more like what are the 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 customer segments that uh, are really driving revenue or the opposite, you know, like why the revenue is so low in this case, you know, um, why, you know, it, so that's another one. There are ones like people use that for presentations. Like we, we, as I said, we have this summary generation after having a conversation, you can export that to a PDF, you know, uh, and send uh, to, to someone in your team, you know, like, so, Yes, when you have like, especially on, in, I don't know, you go to a meeting and you have a lot of people in this meeting, you know, having this, uh, a PDF or, you know, some like format, a document exported that already shows you all the data. Uh, you know, like data is is a powerful tool to help you win arguments. You no, know? <laughs> so mm -hmm. uh, if you have that already in your hands, you know, and it's something that uh, traditionally would take what hours and if not days to to get the insights, the data, and we finally you can that uh, get that very quickly. But yes, slowly we are. I mean, also um, slowly you are like adding support to more and more features, you know, and mm -hmm. in general like uh, allowing to people even get like further like automate. Uh, oh. 
we are now adding like uh, the ability for people to schedule some actions. Mm-hmm. You know, so you can oh every I don't know every day check uh, check the refund rate for this product and if it's above fifteen percent, send mm-hmm. me an email. Mm-hmm. You know, like so you automatically instead of you going there, wake up. Oh, let's see how things are going in my business. You know, and you 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 don't need that. Like uh, you. You automatically set some exactly that the, the business you know act process that you would do manually, mm-hmm. and if it goes if there's an anomaly or if there's something like uh, really different, then like it notifies you know. So yeah, so that's a bit of the the case we are seeing people you know using or asking us to to help them with. You know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. So, yes, I understood the process. I understood the integration mechanism at a high level on how do you uh, integrate with products like Slack or uh, Slack bots or something else. And then how do you pull the information? How do you answer this uh, uh, information to the customers uh, or the end users? Uh, But there is always this question, right, coming from the end users. And I think you might also keep hearing about the effectiveness of the solution or effectiveness of the answers that you're generating out of it how do you make sure that this uh, that you are uh, generating the right uh, how, how do you or how do you measure the effectiveness of uh, the the queries yes yeah that, that's a good question no like uh, we i mean there are a few ways you know like uh, as i said the that's a bit uh, what was Far in the past, no, and now it's uh, is already like superhuman, like performance, like uh, it's uh, it's uh, I would say like uh, yes, like given like the, the way we approach this problem of like having this semantic layer that people mm. force a bit people to people who have not yet defined like their metrics, you know, so is is like uh, force them like to define that a bit and then um, you know think about the data modeling a bit more before um it also helps like the the you know like the because one thing that happens a lot used to happen a lot to with me like uh is like someone asks as i said like a metric or some results and the and then at the end i give an answer and it was not exactly what the person was asking about mm-hmm. you know uh but because like uh, our i mean our understanding was a bit different so about the the model itself, like uh, we have a, a big set of like tests that uh, you know, like uh, we have this testing engine. So, I mean, I feel like that's really important nowadays, uh, especially for. I mean, that's a, a bit of a, a piece of advice for even other companies. You know, um, mm-hmm. work with generative AI, especially if you are using a, an external API like OpenAI or even Google, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the models like uh, because it's an API, you don't have control. control you yeah. have a bit of control on the version of the model, mm-hmm. and the models are like always changing. You know? So it's important that you keep track. You have like a set of tests. You have automated tests that check the, you know, like uh, let's say you have very simple. In our case, we could have uh, we have something like that, a bit more complex, but is a uh, let's say a hundred questions that 
we know like they're with different levels of complexity and you make sure the system end to end is always working for those 100 questions you know mm-hmm. um that's like you know, the overall theoretical you know like the we know like oh for this set of tests um like that's ideal is like the very comprehensive you know uh the, it's everything is covered uh mm-hmm. of course every now and then we find something and then like we improve the system but i mean like now we have been working on it for like a good amount of time so it's at least for the customers we have now uh it, we are not having any problems you know like the system works uh, the ai the generation works uh, very powerful in a very powerful way you know but i i would say like in general an advice i feel it's very important for those because the models are not deterministic right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, of course, the models get are getting better and better, but it's really important that uh, you have some like set of automated tests that you can keep track if there are like n- like no regressions in the overall system, you know. Mm-hmm. So you, you, even like when you create improve something on your side, you know, you you keep track that uh, oh, it's actually improving. It's not getting worse for a case. I, I know it was working before, no? Mm-hmm. So basically, I think keeping track of this, uh, uh, the improvements that you have put and also the automated test mechanism and understanding how it is being implemented that will help you build it up. Yep. Yes, 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 yes. So uh, now comes to the interesting question, right? Like um, I know you're also a Y Combinator backed uh, batch from 2022. Uh, yeah. So there is a lot of uh, interest on your uh, uh, startup here. Uh, uh, so obviously, how do you differentiate yourself or what is the differentiation factor with the competition out there? Uh, I know it's already you're kind of saying that, yeah, you're doing some kind of chat GPT for business data, but I know there are a few other competi- uh, competitive companies out there, but how... Uh, in, in 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 a few words, if you would like to mention, talk about it. How do you differentiate yourself? Perfect. No, yeah, that's a that's a no. Is like you said, like that's the million dollar question, <laughs> like that. Right. It's like long long term, like no one knows. That's the truth, right? Uh, um, but I think I mean that depends exactly on who we are comparing to. Mm-hmm. For example, like uh, as I said, like uh, against uh, if. If you're thinking about like the large language model providers like OpenAI, even Google, like in in their side, you know, like uh, we, yeah, first we we are not training our own models from scratch, you know, so we are mm-hmm. not. Uh, so we see that uh, we have this advantage in a certain way that we don't need to track users' data, mm-hmm. not to improve our models, mm-hmm. because uh, so that's we we have this in the private side, you know, our models also like because. Um, we work. We are like B two B, you know, like uh, our business model. We are serving other business. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we have this layer on top of their data. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yes, like that's one thing. Once people, I mean, like a bit of our moat is that once people install us, that uh, and you know it's working, and then you have like uh, the platform there. Like uh, yes, of course, ChatGPT doesn't know anything internally about your business right uh, mm-hmm. the, the pure chat gpt right so that's a bit but i think against people doing similar like that's it's always the 
you know, like the 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 question. I feel like at the end of the day, the only you always need to be, you know, like innovating and like executing really fast, mm -hmm. you know, uh, because especially when the in in a in an environment that things are changing every week, every two weeks, I feel it's really important. Like I think long term things build up, you mm -hmm. know, like improvements, you know, execution, fast execution. And that's how, like, no long term, like, oh, now, now I have built, we have built so much stuff. Our product has so many features. Our product has, uh, you know, so many things. That's how you you kind of differentiate yourself long term. You know, like, uh, it's basically consistent. I would say people like to say consistent execution. You know, like uh, mm -hmm. massive execution. But I don't uh, execution. I, I think can be a bit misleading in the sense of like, oh just code like a lot or just you know uh but i feel like it's more like having ideas and uh, uh being able to improve the the business and the not only not only the machine learning the the ui but everything as a whole mm -hmm. like you know like every week every day you know and that's uh because at the end of the day even like uh i mean we have seen that with google right google is a company that has been in the market for you know, like uh, is a like uh, trillion dollar company, mm -hmm. and like uh, if you don't move fast enough, like uh, we have seen with OpenAI, like someone comes, creates a model that uh, is better. You know, like uh, and then you how how does Google now protect themselves against competitors? Well, creating also like a good model, you know, and then uh, you even out and after you create, you have to create. A, a better model and that's it no you need to be constantly improving and uh mm -hmm. your business and the direction you know so yeah great great i think great that uh, you explained the brief uh, uh the nuances around how you are uh, improving your models and also how you are combining the whole aspects of not only the uh dashboarding or the metrics but also the, the not only on the technology side but also on the business side of the things and how you are creating additional uh, uh, value for the customers by providing their business data and pulling it out that's beautiful and of course i know there is that uh, in the semantic layer lies the secret sauce of your company uh, the secret sauce mm -hmm. of your uh, tools mm -hmm. uh, which is where i think uh, all, all the magic happens i would say yeah Beautiful. So I think uh, we are coming to the end of the podcast. I know uh, it's an interesting topic, an interesting days. So as a key takeaway or any closing remarks that you would like to provide, whether it is in the concept on, around AI innovations or whether it is how uh, finally is helping uh, things take forward. Yes. No, yes. Like uh, I think about that's, uh, I mean, for everyone listening, I think it's, it's, I mean, that's like uh, people say a great opportunity to to work on, you know, like in a startup, especially, you know, like uh, that's uh, attacking um, innovative problems. You know, um, I think it's, uh, you know, then is like really, really good learning. You know, like you're, it's it's very, and I think there is opportunity not only at finally, we you know, mm -hmm. like we, we are hiring by the way, like, but not, not not only finally, but other startups. I think, uh, yes, there is like, uh, you know, like it, uh, like this kind of innovation happens only every, like it was, it happened in the 2000s, right? Uh, 
Right. Um, yes, and now it's happening again. So it's uh, there's a lot of opportunities to new business, new not only enterprise or like uh, or other business, but B two B kind of models, but also B two C, no mm -hmm. consumer products. Uh, and I, I, I mean, like uh, they're like uh, from now we already have a lot of ideas on things. It's very clear a lot of things that will improve in the next few years, but. I'm excited to see what we will accomplish in the in the next five years. I think a lot of things that we don't even have any idea now will come. So mm -hmm. I'm excited to see, like to be honest, like uh, what, what's coming next. You know. Great, great, Pedro. Great talking with you, and uh, uh, I'm also uh, like uh, will be will be keenly following uh, finally and see uh, how mm -hmm. things go there, and maybe we'll get you back uh, sometime soon uh, with your journey. Thank, thank, you, you. thank you, thank you, thank thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so let us now wrap up today's uh, enlightening conversation, podcast number 62. I must extend a very heartfelt thank you to Pedro. His insights and expertise have not only enriched our understanding, but have also illuminated the intricate dance between ChatGPT and the business data. Your contribution to demystifying this synergy, Pedro, has been very invaluable. As always, you can find much more detailed information if you go onto any of the podcasting platforms and search up Extra AI podcast series. Alternatively, you can go to extraai.com, X-T-R-A-W-A-I.com, and you can find many more interesting conversations. I will be tagging along this uh, LinkedIn post, uh, so you can directly reach, reach out to Mr. Pedro for any further conversations that you would like to have. Alternatively, you can reach out to me, Raghu Banda, on my LinkedIn handle or RK Banda on my Twitter or X handle, and I can put you in touch with Mr. Pedro. As always, keep sending those feedback my way, and we will get much more and many more interesting conversations. And finally, to our cherished listeners, thank you for tuning in. Your engagement and curiosity are the fuel that always ignites our quest for the knowledge and discovery. Every episode, every conversation is a journey and we are honored to embark upon this journey along with you. Finally, as we unfold the chapters of this season, the season seven which we are in, rest assured that the intellectual odyssey will continue with diverse voices cutting-edge innovations and stories that not only inf inform, but also inspire. We are all in this together, exploring, learning, and pushing the boundaries of what we know and what we can achieve. So stay tuned to Extra AI, where AI meets real-world applications, challenges meet solutions, and curiosity meets knowledge. Until next time, keep exploring, stay curious, and remember, the future of AI is a story we all write together. Happy predicting the future with AI technologies. Thank you and bye-bye now.